Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Gabe. My name is Jeff. And we're going to answer your questions today. But first, I have a question. Jeff. Yeah. How are you doing today? Uh, doing uh, doing okay. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Been pretty busy. I'm back to work now after uh, after the holiday and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, that 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 long weekend was not long enough. It never is. It never is. Nope. Um. Yeah, I bought a bunch of uh, video games on Steam during the Steam sale, so I'm I'm trying to. Because here's the thing: I always buy games and I never play them. Right. So I'm trying really hard to actually play these ones. So I bought like some big AAA games, and I'm trying to at least put you know some amount of time into each of them so I get my money's worth. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. A certain amount of hours. You know. Sure. Sure. Have you been uh, Have you been streaming anything good lately? Um, haven't, haven't streamed a lot cause of the, just cause of the holiday, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Steve and I have been playing wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw gonna... you were playing it. I was, I didn't realize if you were, uh, um, I wasn't sure if you were streaming it or not. No, no. Well, I mean like that's just sometimes it was, I, like a couple times I've streamed it. How is wow nowadays? Um, I mean, it's, it's wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's vastly, di- it's, it's a lot different than it was, you know, when you played it. I don't know. I was just curious how uh, how World of Warcraft is going. It has so much so much D and D DNA. So you know, I figured right, uh, yeah, <laughs> figured it was it was worth catching up on. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't really have much else to to you know banter about. I guess you want to jump into this episode? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I want you to imagine that we've already kind of done one like this before, but I'll just do an easy one. So you're you're heading to your uh your favorite tattoo parlor. Uh-huh, getting another, another tattoo. Okay. You're getting another tattoo and you get there and you forgot what it was called and you look up at the sign and you know what it's called, Jeff? What is it called, Gabe? It's it's called the Dragon's Horde. Oh, of course. <laughs> anyway, so today's magic item was submitted by Sean M via Facebook and the item is Victor's Kukri. So a kukri is uh, it's a it's a weapon. It's kind of like a dagger in fifth edition. I'm pretty sure it's just the same stats as a dagger. But in earlier editions, it was a dagger that had a better uh, critical threat range because mm-hmm. it's it's a dagger that sort of like has a bend halfway through, right. so that the the inner edge of the the blade is like a 45 degree angle. Yeah. So anyway, this blade belonged to the legendary sadomasochist mercenary Victor Zaz. <laughs> I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Zaz. Victor is renowned for his torturous slashing of his prey, and more so the pride he takes in displaying his kill count. After an encounter where the attuned bearer kills a living humanoid with this blade, they may carve a tally mark into their own skin for each kill. The bearer of this blade loses one max hit point for each tally. Whoa. Whenever the bearer achieves a set of five tallies, they may take a short or long rest to gain five plus one max hit points. Oh. So this is, it's it's pretty simple and it's it's pretty, I mean, it's powerful, but like the actual effect it has is pretty small. But what it does is, like I said, when you, you kill a humanoid, you lose one max hit point. However, if you do it five times, you end up gaining, you get a net positive of one max hit point. Oh, wow. So I thought this was really interesting because there aren't really mechanics for gaining hit points that aren't 
level-based. Yeah, or, or temporary. Or temporary, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Sure, somebody could, could find a way to game the system and, you know, like really exploit this and just go on a killing spree or whatever and gain a whole bunch of temporary hit or gain a bunch of permanent hit points. Right. But, you know, I mean, hey, if, if that's, if that works into the campaign, I don't see, I don't necessarily see a problem with that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you gotta be, you know, if you're, if you, it's, it's like one every five kills. And yeah. so that's like, you gotta have kill, you know, you gotta kill 50 people to get an extra 10 hit points. Yeah. And in the meantime, you are, you do have less hit points for, the time between when you kill one and when you kill five. Right. Yeah. Although I think, I think like at like once you've killed twenty five, then it doesn't really matter. You're already you know five. You're already from, at a net positive still. That okay. Yeah. That's true. But I mean, so yeah, this could obviously be easily uh, exploited, except for sure. the fact that there is a DM and they could be like, okay, you're going around <laughs> on a killing spree. People have right. taken notice, and since you're carving it, carving it into your skin, people know it's you. <laughs> yeah, if this were like a video game, this would be the most OP item ever. Right, you just right. go around like, oh, these like, oh yeah, you just got to go to that one house. There's five NPCs in there, and they respawn every day. So you just go in there once a day, kill them, get a get a free hit point. So <laughs> just go to this orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. The hospital he here has, a, has an ICU full of uh, of premature babies. But no, Gabe, Gabe. <laughs> but what you don't realize is that that hospital is where all of the sorcerers have their babies. Uh, uh, so you walk in there and all of their powers start to manifest. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you blow can. you up. <laughs> I might remove this part from the episode. We'll see. Baby explosions. <laughs> Yep. Um, I think Sean said that this was a reference to something in Batman. Let me actually do a quick Google search. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Victor Zaz is a is a Batman character. Okay. I, th um, I thought that you know there was like a little spark in the back of my head that was like this is kind of familiar, but oh shoot, you should put that spark out. It might catch fire. Oh, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking at a picture, and it's it's basically just a shirtless guy with a knife that. He's cutting a whole bunch of tally marks into his uh, into his skin. Oh, you know what? He was in. Um, he was like one of the side quest uh, villains in the the last Arkham game. Oh, okay. Um, Arkham. Arkham Knight. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was actually he was actually one of the more fun uh, side quests because it was just it was like you were just kind of like finding his victims and like it's mm. and like slowly figuring like figuring out where he you know where he was. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, wherever it came from, it's a cool it's a cool idea for an item in D&D. &D. And it does something that like I said doesn't really have an analog elsewhere in the game. Mhm. Mm so, oh yeah. Um I don't really have much else to say about it. I just think it's really cool and it, uh, it it definitely would be an interesting thing to put into a campaign and see what the players see what the players do with it whether uh whether scrupulous, scru scrupulously or inscrupulously. Mhm. Mm so, uh, so yeah, once again, that was Victor's Kukri submitted by Sean M via Facebook. So thank you very much, Sean M. That'll do it for the Dragon's Horde. If anybody else wanted to submit magic items for the Dragon's Horde, or if they wanted to submit questions for us to discuss, or stories for the Funeral Pyre or Retirement Village, Jeff, how would they get those to us? They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com, or they can join us on our Interparty Discord at bit.ly slash interpartydiscord. That's correct. And before we go any further, we have a giveaway to give away today. 
Mm-hmm. As usual, we're giving away a copy of Unearthed Tips and Tricks Volume 2, courtesy of Crit Academy. It's a great collection of 25 character concepts, 25 enc- encounter concepts, monster variants, magic items, player tips, and DM tips. Tons of stuff for players, tons of stuff for DMs. Lots of cool ideas that you can use in your campaign. So it's a great product, and it's awesome that Crit Academy is uh, is letting us give away copies of this to our listeners. So, Jeff, who is the winner of Unearthed Tips and Tricks Volume 2 today? Today's winner is Wilmer P. Wa-wa-wa winner. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Yes, congratulations, Wilmer P. You should be getting that in your email in the next few days. If you don't, be sure to let us know. And once you do get it, please leave Crit Academy a review. Uh, the more reviews they get whether positive or negative, hopefully positive, the more reviews they get, they can make better products and then they will get more attention and it's good for everybody. So so please leave them a review. Yeah. Big thank you to Crit Academy for facilitating this. Good job, Wilmer. Uh, Jeff, if anybody else wanted to be like Wilmer P and they wanted to win a free copy of this great supplement, how would they do so? They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com with Unearthed Tips and Tricks Volume 2 in the subject line. Yes, be sure to put Volume 2 in there. Uh, Next up, I want to thank all of our wonderful patrons for helping make the show happen. Patreon is an online platform. You can pledge to donate a certain amount of money per month to the creator of your choice. If you head to patreon.com slash interpartyconflict, you can check out the various rewards we've got on there. We've got uh, outtakes. We've got a monthly bonus podcast called Interpatron Conflict. We've got uh, a monthly Roll20 game, at least for the time being. Um, Around the time this episode goes out, I think I'm going to try to have the game be... I think the following week. So mm-hmm. by this, by the time this goes out, hopefully I will have already uh, nailed down what, what day we're going to be doing it. So, cool. so stay tuned. Um, so yeah, if, uh, if you want to help out the show and get some cool stuff in return, you can head to patreon.com slash interparty conflict, check out the rewards and see what appeals to you. You can help out the show and get some, you know, get some cool rewards and uh, you know, know that you're making, Making the world a better place, I guess. <laughs> sure. Uh, big, big thank you to everybody who has continued to donate to us. We know that it, times are tough right now. If anybody has to cancel or or reduce their pledge, we understand. But big thank you to everybody who has uh, continued to support us during these times. And then just one more quick thing. Check out the other podcasts on the Crit Nation Fellowship. Check out Crit Academy, CritAcademy.com. Justin, Ian, and Austin make new and reusable content for players and DMs alike. Also check out Brute Force and Ignorance. They're an actual play podcast. And check out D&D Character Lab, where uh, Garen and Dan made characters every week and pitted them against each other to debate whose characters were better. Enough of all that. Let's get into some questions, Jeff. Our first question comes from Joe S. on Discord, and they ask, What single classes can make an entire five-person party? Yeah. So, like, if, if, if you were to make a party that is entirely... This everybody is the same class, you uh-huh. know. Assuming you can have different, uh, different archetype, different, different specializations. Sure. Um, what uh, What are some some classes that come to mind for you? And I would even say, let's be a little loose with this. Like, I'm more interested in what would make an interesting campaign, even if even if the party is lacking in some ways. Right. What are What are some cool ideas that you could? Do sure. With um. Well, okay, so. Thinking of fifth edition D and mean, they've yep. they've added a decent amount of like uh, extra like specializations that you can do in different in different classes. Because mm-hmm. I think originally there was like maybe two or three for most classes, and then like a couple had like I think wizard had like you know all the different schools of magic. Yeah, wi- uh, wizard and cleric were uh, have a right. lot more options than everybody else. Yeah, because there was the domains for cleric and the and the schools for wizard. 
So obviously domains and, and schools, that's a that's a that's an easy one. Like so you can have somebody who is an abjurer and somebody who is a um uh, a, a a divination specialist and somebody who's a who does evocation. So you got like a damage dealer, somebody who's gonna do be more be uh be more defensive, somebody who's gonna be more mm-hmm. uh like you know, they're gonna be more inquisitive, and then you got enchanter and illusionists, maybe, you know, like there's a lot you can do with wizard. Yeah. So like as far as like making the uh campaign exciting and, and cool, like a lot of people have done this sort of thing where it's like you are like a team of wizards or like you're at a wizard school or something, you know, you do like a Harry Potter situation. Sure. Um, so like, I feel like that's, that's an easy one, but like now with all the books that have added more options for the other classes, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you could, mm-hmm. we could come up with something. Yeah. Like even, even just keeping with wizard, I know that, um, the blade singer adds some, some sort of like melee ability to, uh, to a yeah. wizard. Um, and I know that there's, it's a highish, you know, highish level spell tensors transformation kind of for a short period of time, lets a wizard, you know, tank and, deal melee damage pretty well that's true Um, yeah yeah so yeah well just with being able to cast so many different spells that's yeah i i do like the idea of an all wizard party yeah (laughs) we we've mentioned i'm sure we've mentioned several times on the show but uh, there was one point we were in third edition we were making gestalt characters and all four of us completely independently showed up with each of our characters was half specialist wizard right and we all chose a different specialization which i thought was neat yeah (laughs) yeah i was um, yeah i was like artificer transmutation or something yeah you were artificer transmuter i was a cleric necromancer steve was a beguiler enchanter <laughs> and shoot what was jay i feel like every time we've brought this up i've struggled to remember what jay well, was. Who maybe was jay D- was the bi- was the beguiler who was dma or we were we were just making characters it, we were just making characters yeah, because I mean, like, I think Gestalt, the Gestalt rules were new at the time. And so, yeah, we were like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So, like, um, you know, make five Gestalt characters so everybody can be, <laughs> you know, the same class and then whatever else. Yeah, for, for anybody who doesn't know what Gestalt is, it was, I, there might be a, an Unearthed Arcana version of it in fifth edition, but in third edition, it was, it was an optional rule. It was in the Unearthed Arcana book in 3.5 that, uh, the the whole thing is you choose two classes and you basically gain all the class abilities of both. And then whenever it's something like hit points, you take the better of the two. Mm-hmm. Hit points or base attack, you take the better of the two. And it was explicitly way more powerful than regular characters. Right. So it wasn't meant to be alongside a normal character. Yeah. But if you were running a campaign where, let's say, there were only two players, you could still cover all of the bases, even though you've only got two characters right know. yeah could be yeah for a campaign with not you know not as many people or just a you know a purposely hard campaign yes let's see a team of rogues rogue rogue is actually pretty diverse in fifth edition yeah. i want to say like there's a there's a few like you know you got your arcane trickster mm-hmm. uh you got a uh, you know assassin and there's like the scout and i'm trying to think of some of the other ones but there's you know like there's a lot of good rogue choices and i feel like yes. you know rogue is ro- rogue is like adaptable enough just on its own i feel like mm-hmm. cuz like it you can you can you know depending on where you put your stats and everything like you can be a pretty like you know good in melee 
Yeah. Or you can be a really good ranged character or, or you can be more utility, you know, or like, you know, with the only, and, and then with the arcane trickster, you can, you know, have a good amount of spells. Sure. And then the, just by its own nature, the rogue is kind of designed to avoid the types of situations they're not good at. Right. So if you do have a party of all rogues and then, oh no, there's a thing that, uh, that, you know, there's like a, a big melee enemy over there or something that we would need a lot of healing. Just sneak around it or you know impersonate yeah. somebody else I, I don't know there's they have lots of of tricks at their disposal that let them avoid situations like that wasn't there there was something we discussed a long time ago no idea what episode no idea what the question was but i feel like we okay. came up with i was i was i think i was speaking the praises of the bard class well, so the thing is, I feel like Bard is the easy answer to this. Yeah. In fifth edition specifically, they 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 are so good and they've only gotten more options as more books have come out. Yeah. You could absolutely do that that's the that's the cheap answer for, for this this question. Right. Yeah. Especially um, because like if everybody has Bard it's it Bardic inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. no role that you're not gonna get have inspiration that you're not gonna have uh, you know the the extra die for. Like everybody's going to be giving everybody else inspiration. And so you're just like, all right, everyone's covered. We're always going to be rolling an extra D 12 or something. Yeah. What are, I don't, I don't remember what the max is. I think it maybe it's only an eight, but whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and like with, with Bard, you could take Bard of, or the, the college of swords. It makes you better at melee mm -hmm. college of whispers makes you more like a rogue. Bards are already arguably one of the best healers in fifth edition, mainly yeah. due to their ability to negate attacks before they happen. Yeah. They're the best, they're the best support class. And then they're also just like good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So again, I, it's not that I, I didn't realize bards were good. Like they, yeah. I was, I kind of wasn't really hurrying to get to bards because sure. everybody knew the answer is going to be bard. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But I just, I like, I remember us, I feel like I remember us specifically talking about a party of all, of all bards like long sure. time ago. And I would love if they each played a dis different instrument. Yeah. It'd be a band. Oh, we should start a band. <laughs> yep. When we were doing the, uh, the ring of the grammarian meant, you know, 150 episodes ago or whatever. Oh, ring of grammarian. Great, good band name. Well, uh, the, the mage band was one of the, one of the spells that, uh, uh, <laughs> that came up in that. So, so yeah, you got a mage band right here. A mage band. Yeah. <laughs> and then if each of their like weapons was their instrument. So like the, the, um, I don't know, the guy with the, the sitar or something that's like a long, he's got like a spear on the end of it. Sure. So and stab people from far away. <laughs> uh, the, the violin is actually a bow, a bow and arrow. So he can fire. He's got a whole bunch of, I guess they're called bows. The right. Thing you, holding, you can just fire those off. His, his bow is, <laughs> his, his bow he, his, is an arrow. His bow is an arrow and his <laughs> violin is a bow. Yep. Oh gosh. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, uh, and then if the violin was shaped like an arrow, oh gosh stop that it. would just be perfect sorry <laughs> um yeah drums could be like a hammer or something you know i suppose yeah i was trying to think of what drums could dong. be just bashing people with a drum yeah you'd beat them beat them like a drum with a drum <laughs> um back in fourth edition i remember i'm a huge fan of the fourth edition fighter i think it's like one of my favorite uh, favorite translations of a concept in, in any version of D&D. &D. Sure. And 
I remember when I first got into fourth edition, I was reading a story. Somebody was saying that they made a party that was entirely fighters and with with different multi-classes because multi-classing worked differently in that edition. It was kind of multi-classing was kind of like the archetypes that we have now. You would like you would take a feat and then you would get specific abilities from a different class, but you were still your main class. You weren't. You know, a fighter cleric was not both a fighter and a cleric. It was a fighter with a couple cleric abilities. But um, if you were to make a, if you were to specialize them in different, different classes, the fourth edition fighter was, was such a solid class on its own that if you could get some healing in there, if you could get some stealth in there, if you could get a little bit of, of ranged ability in there, um, it really would have been great for, for that exact type of thing. And I like to think of like each fighter having their own different weapon specialization and then each kind of building their worldview on which weapon they use. So like the guy that uses a hammer, he's the one that's like all about, uh, all about like taking it head on. And then the guy with the sword and shield is like, you know, no, it's good to have a good buffer between you and, and the issue you're trying to resolve and so on. So actually (laughs) I I guess I kind of want the fighters to not only be adventurers, but to also be therapists. (laughs) Sure. Yep. Yep. So we've got the bards that are, that are also in a mage band. We've got the fighters that are all therapists. What else can we come up with? Uh, yeah, the rogues that are all stockbrokers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I feel like druid is pro- druid and cleric are both probably pretty easy. Druid maybe more so because with wild shape, you've got tanking down. Whatever whatever tanking issue you're having, you've got it solved. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, there, yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of options with Druid. Although, like, most of the Druid options have never really wowed me too much. Mm-hmm. There's a couple that are kind of neat. And, like, there's one that's, like, the the one, I think it's the moon one, is the one that gives you more wild shape. That one's just, yeah, like, yeah. so much better than all the other ones because it's, like, you are you are the best tank you could possibly, like, you, have, you are just a bag of hit points. Yes, you are a bag of hit points that when you run out, you can just pick up another bag of hit points. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But uh um so I I feel like the other ones are mainly meant for a group where you already have a really good tank. Yeah, it's true. Um cuz yeah, you can't really compete with that type of tank. Um it would be neat to see a group that was clerics of all different faiths and different uh um different goals, I guess, like if if yeah. there was, you know, conflict of the inter-party variety uh-huh. because each of them followed different deities and they all kind of they were all on the same quest but they were all doing it for different reasons oh oh oh, oh. it's like they're they are like the they're like the joke where it's like a a you know a priest and a rabbi walk into a bar kind of a thing <laughs> okay or it's like you know a a priest of Palor, a priest of the you know so so it's uh, so it's of glitter gold and a priest of uh, <laughs> you know Hextor walk into a bar and it's like sure they're they're just always walking into bars like that's what they they, <laughs> they go from they go from tavern to tavern spreading you know spreading their word or whatever like but they I all mean, that's they a- all travel together. Jeff, you just came up with the the uh, the mission statement of the campaign. Sure. <laughs> You're all a bunch of clerics and you all walk into bars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um I was trying to think of like what would what class would be the least like what 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 would work the worst in this situ- in this scenario? I want uh, okay. I want to say ranger. <laughs> well, so I was thinking monk 
Right. That's, um, yeah. I, I haven't played a fifth edition monk long enough to know, especially to know whether the different uh, different schools or whatever are whether they're viable or not or how viable they are compared to other classes. But I do I do kind of feel like either um, either ranger or monk would probably be among the worst just because those are the classes that are already spreading themselves really thin and they're uh it's 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 hard to make a character that is really exceptional compared to other classes that are also exceptional yeah so i mean even those i think would be fun to play but uh as far as whether it would be whether it would be effective as a as a full group i don't know right i mean cuz i'm i'm thinking well, it depends. I can't remember exactly how like the favor terrain and stuff works like that. So like if it was all rangers, they could be yeah. each a different terrain. And then that way you got wherever you go, you're covered somehow. Or if they were all the same terrain, then it's just like you guys dominate in that terrain. You guys are good. Yeah. Whenever you're in that one terrain, like everyone's, you know, got bonuses and moves faster and all that and- stuff. And then I like to imagine that as the campaign is going on, the DM keeps putting them in situations where they're on the edge of two different terrains. Uh-huh. And the two different rangers focusing on those terrains are fighting amongst each other to try and drag the fight into their favored terrain. <laughs> sure, they're always on the border. Like the yep. like the fights always happen on the border of like a forest <laughs> in a desert or something. They they always happen to find the four corners of of terrains. <laughs> so I think we should fight the dragon over here, but I think we should fight the dragon over here. <laughs> we'll be at a great advantage if we use the mountains. No, we'll be at a great advantage if we use the swamps. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. I, yeah, the rangers wouldn't wouldn't know where to go. <laughs> sure, I. I'm actually I'm gonna change my my vote for which would be worst. I actually think barbarian would be the worst. <laughs> sure, barbarians are great. Don't get me wrong, I love barbarians. Yeah, but they really even even with the different like different, uh, you know, paths that you can take, they're they're still very laser focused on a specific thing. Yeah, which is which is good. Yeah, when you're trying to fill that one role. <laughs> sure, but if you're trying to fill five roles, it it doesn't work yeah um yeah because like i haven't checked it out because it's in the newest book which i don't even know is out yet i think it is are you Um, talking about tasha's yeah yes i actually a friend of mine at work got me tasha's for my birthday oh nice cool Um, mike if you are listening thank you is there is did they put the new monk and barbarian in there there's like a barbarian that has to do with like magic or something I believe that one is there. I'm not sure about the monk, though. Give me a second. There was like some astral form monk or something like that. I'm not too sure. Monk has way of mercy, way of the astral self. Yeah. And yeah, and that's it. So yes, yes, there is. Way it of is the astral there. self. And then the the what was the barbarian one? It was like. They've got Path of the Beast and Path of Wild Magic. Yeah, Path of Wild Magic. At least what I saw in the unearthed, unearthed uh arcana which is more than likely going to be overpowered because mm-hmm. I, I i won't go into what like <laughs> i won't i won't go into the 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 like i feel well all right so i feel like sometimes when they're introducing new things they'll make it overpower on purpose so people get excited for it and then they go okay cool i'm gonna buy this book oh, and then they buy the book yeah. and it's actually not as cool and good as it used to be in the in the unearth arcana and so they're like well i'm out 50 bucks you know or you know but you know. Yeah, I can see that. They that is very much what happened with the Warforged. 
So right, yeah, Warforged was so cool, so much, so cool, and then they just made it sort of a flavor. You know, they made it more yeah. flavor than anything else. Anyway, so the I know the Unearth Arcana version of the Wild Mage Barbarian, like you can basically refresh people's uh, spell slots or something. Well, shoot, no, like no. I don't know if that's a thing they can still do, but like there was something where like they can use an ability to give people give spellcasters their slots back like up to a certain amount or something i think they like take i think they take damage to do it but so bolstering magic is their sixth level ability you can harness your wild magic to bolster yourself or companion as an action you can touch one creature which can be yourself and confer one of the following benefits to that creature for 10 minutes the creature can roll a d3 whenever making an attack roll or an ability check and add the number to the d20 roll i just want to say that bonkers right there wait say that you again add for one of the things is you can you can touch them and then for 10 minutes they can add a d3 to their attack roll that's i'm just saying i'm not saying that's good or bad it's just a d3 really oh a d3 oh a d3 as in not a d4 a d3 yeah why don't but, they put a d5 in here sometime i would love to see a d5, a d5 right well i mean like a d3 is a, is you roll a d6 and well, yeah, I mean, a, D, a D5 is you roll a D10 and you do the same thing. Yeah, I guess so. There is no D3. You cannot buy a D3 is my point. Right. They're putting a, a, a die in here that nobody has. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then the another option you can do is roll a D3 again. That creature, the creature regains one expended spell slot, the level of which equals the number rolled or lower the creature's choice. Once a creature receives this benefit, they can't receive it again until a long rest. You can do this a uh, number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all re- all uses on a long rest. So if you're like level, I don't know, four or whatever, three times a day, you can give someone a level three or lower spell slot back, including yeah. yourself. Yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty good. Like... That is pretty good. I think there were I think there were less limitations on it in the Unearth Arcana version. Yeah. Um yeah, so like I don't know, but like so they like I was just thinking there there are some interesting things to a to a barbarian. Does that barbarian mm-hmm. get spell slots? It doesn't. Um I no? mean there okay. isn't anything in this book at least. There isn't a chart. I think it's more if you are multi-classing. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it would be great for if you were in a party with spellcasters. Yeah. But if you're doing a party that is all barbarians, and I maybe oh. we didn't make this clear, I'm gonna I'm assuming no multiclassing in here at all. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, as far as this question goes, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if you allowed multiclassing, I mean, that's just a party. Well, know? okay, so multiclassing, <laughs> but everyone has to do the same multiclass. No, we're not gonna. Okay, go. we're okay. not gonna go. Well, yeah. well, if we're gonna do that, then it's two <laughs> levels of warlock, and then whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Two levels of war. Yeah. yeah, it's just a, a warlock, a warlock paladin. Like, yeah, the the warlock paladin is like one of the strongest combinations in 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 third edition, in fifth edition. It is. It's it's pretty good. Um. So actually, I guess let's go to warlock. How do you think a group of just warlocks would do? Um, pretty. I mean, they do good. They do fine. Mm-hmm. But it'd be. I think it'd be kind of boring. Maybe. Yeah. I don't. Know. I feel like it would be. Um, it would be very boring because either everyone's doing eldritch blast every round yeah or you're using up your two spell slots and then then what yeah it's like you're it'd be a lot of short rests <laughs> yeah i mean it like would... you can st- you can have a pretty varied group even with warlock because you can have 
you can be a melee warlock. There, there are options to do that. Right. Yeah. The hex, the hex blade is really good. And then there's yeah. like the celestial one does some really good healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the other ones are just, just they're they're all good by their own way. Yeah. So I I think uh, not as good as a, a bard uh, party, obviously. No. But yeah. I think a, a group of warlocks would be pretty effective. Yeah, I think so. I just I, I but yeah, again, I think it's like. It might be on the boring side just because, like, you, be, you only got so many slots, and then yeah. your best attacks are all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just yeah, they'd be stopping for short rests all the time. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's let's hang around for an hour. <laughs> like, all right, you take your you take your fifth short rest for the day. <laughs> sure, you've taken your twenty third short rest of the day. <laughs> um. I like to, I like to imagine similar to the clerics fighting over like the ideologies and such. I think it'd be funny if, you know, each of them had different each of the warlocks had different pacts. But not only that, let's say two of them had this two of them were both great old one warlocks or something, but they were their pacts were with different great old ones. Sure. And so and they, they were, were at odds. They yeah. were the ones that fought amongst themselves the most more than any <laughs> of the others. It's like or like, you know, two of them could have the same you know, can have the same patron. And so they're kind of just like, like, no, I'm the favorite. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, that'd be interesting. Or like, there could be something like a side, there'd be like a side adventure where you were, where they everyone's playing as their patrons fighting over each other, fighting each other. <laughs> oh man. You just figured it out, Jeff. That's, <laughs> that's the campaign right there. So yeah. Like, <laughs> like, but like, no, no, no. Okay, so the players are playing the patrons who are playing the characters. <laughs> okay, so you're it's a you're playing a game of D and D in a game of D and D. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, what do you think about paladins? How do you think a group of of just paladins would do? Um, I feel like I feel I feel like that's kind of like warlock, where it might be a little like it might be a little like less exciting, but mm-hmm. would ultimately be really good because again they're strong there are they can heal they heal themselves and each other they can you know have they can all protect each other so like whoever has the least amount of hit points they're getting protected or they're getting healed you know like sure they can cover each other really well um Um, i feel like this would be really interesting for like a role play heavy campaign because assuming they all have different oaths Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I I keep going on about having the the people of different specializations fight amongst themselves, but I feel like with paladins specifically, there would be a lot of conflict arising because of the different oaths that they had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because like you know, one yeah, one oath could be stepping over another. So it's yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. Sure. So yeah, like I guess yeah, that's the more interesting part of the of the paladin one. Yeah. The same, the same one with the patron one. Yeah, I think they would be pretty uh, effective in combat. But yeah, I would, I would love to see them in a role playing situation rather than combat. Yeah. Um, I think the only, uh, the only class, I guess we haven't talked about Artificer. I was gonna say the only class we haven't talked about is Sorcerer. The only base, the 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 player's handbook class we haven't talked about is Sorcerer. Right. Um, I feel like Sorcerer would be similar enough to Wizard. I mean, they wouldn't have all of the different uh, specializations and such, but. The, even the sorcerer specializations are pretty good and kind of cover a variety of things. Yeah. There's there's the celestial one where you can take cleric spells, you know, like, so. Yeah. You got, you got some variety. 
I feel like the sorcerers would like, it would kind of be a sight to behold a party of sorcerers all using different metamagics. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, each one, true. you know, using metamagic to the, to the best of their ability and such, I think could be really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. And then like the way that sorcerers have their powers comes from their bloodline. So it's like, you know, it could be like an interesting thing where everybody has a different bloodline. Sure. Um, you know, like, oh, like, oh, how did, how did, like, how did you get your magic? Where did, you know, where, where'd you get, is it on your mom's side? What is it? Like, what's, yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be neat if there were two, two sorcerers that had like the same parent, but they were different types of sorcerers. Like, you know, they, they, they both were born from like, uh, um, maybe, so they were, they were siblings and maybe like their, their parents, one of their parents was a dragon. But so one of them became a draconic sorcerer, but then the other one became a wild magic sorcerer. Mm. Or maybe I mean, it was like a shadow dragon or something. And yeah. shadow sorcerer. I don't know. Huh? I see. I'm real. That's much. I'm realizing I'm much more interested in like how you would have a party of different specializations and how that would work. I'm much more interested in that than the mechanics. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would it'd be interesting. It would it'd be very pretty neat. Um, and then as far as uh, uh, Artificer goes, how do you think Artificers would do? I know we, in our, um, the Patreon game that we were running in my, the Eberron campaign that I was running uh, a few months ago, we had two, we had two Artificers in the group and both of them were the same. They were both like artillery Artificers. Oh, sure. Yeah. So they, <laughs> but, but even still they, they were so different in combat that I, I would not have realized they were the same if I didn't know they were the same, you know? Right, yeah. Um, I don't know enough about the fifth edition artificer. Like, I kind of know they they add they, and like they added a specialization in the newest book. I think, uh, I or think or maybe they, no, uh, or maybe they, or maybe they added it because there's like armorer now, and I'm like, wait, isn't that what Battlesmith is? <laughs> like uh, Battlesmith I, is already in here, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, like battle because there was there was the artillerist, Battlesmith, yeah. And then maybe was it just those two? Um, there there was alchemist, artillerist, oh. and battlesmith, and they added armorer. Yeah, and they added armorer, which makes me mad because they had a fourth one. They originally had a fourth one in Unearthed Arcana, and mm-hmm. it was really interesting. Like it was very was interesting. That? It was it was called the uh ar- the archivist, like the archivist or something. Oh right, and it was all about like like the story of uh, storing knowledge and stuff like that. Cause like it was, they were basing the different specs on the different aspects of building a warforged. Cause in Eberron, right. it was the artificers that made, you know, artificers are those who make the magic stuff. Yeah. And so like one of them was like, okay, the battlesmith. So that's actually like all like the armor and weapons of the, of the, like the body and weapons of the warforged. And then there was the alchemist. So that's like the, they're like, they're, they're inner workings. So like, you know, like Warforged kind of have like an alchemical, like circulatory system in a, in a way. Right. And so like, that's kind of like their, their internals. And then you had the artillerists. So that was more like their, you know, how they're able to do mad, like how Warforged able to do magic and firepower and stuff. And then they had the archivist, which was more like the actual brain or the AI kind of, of the, of the Warforged. So like each sure. spec kind of explained a different aspect of Warforged. And then they just took the archivist out. And I was like, that was the coolest one. It was, <laughs> I don't know how viable it was, or maybe it was easily exploitable or something, but there was something about it that was like really interesting. Yeah. And it's gone. And then they've gone and added armorer, which I'm like, 
well, isn't that what Battlesmith like like just like yeah by name by name alone they like they seem like they're gonna be the same thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely similar enough thematically. Yeah, that it does feel it feels like a copy before you have even read what the abilities are. Right, which I mean, like they could be completely different, but I mean, like yeah. it's it's just like ugh. <laughs> bring yeah, back the know. one that was interesting, not the one that sounds the same <laughs> as the other one. Sure. Um, but I, I guess, uh, as far as like making a whole party of artificers, I think because artificers are so much about creating additional things to make themselves more unique. Um, I think art- artificer would probably be perfectly fine. Yeah. 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 Cause they're like, cause they can only make like so many items, you know, have so many items active, but like between five of them, they're going to be able to make every and everything and anything. And like, it's like, if you need something, somebody's going to be able to have it. So sure. And I, 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 we talked about fighter earlier and I mainly talked about the fourth edition fighter in fifth edition. I don't think the, the fighter would be quite as good. I mean, they would similar to the barbarian. They're good at, at a thing that they're trying to do. You know, they're good at combat, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard to make. There isn't really a good way to make a fighter that has any kind of additional healing. Right. Um, you know, you can make an eldritch knight that has a little bit of, of, uh, magic capability, I don't know. I mean, there there's some newer fighter um, fighter archetypes that I think would probably help mitigate damage as well. But I don't know. I I, th- I feel like fighter would be kind of lackluster as a in fifth edition as a full party. Yeah, I mean, it's like you could. I mean, like for a campaign, you could probably make it interesting. Like everybody's in like a you're all you're all slaves in a, like a gladiatory arena sort of situation. So sure. like like you you are more mundane, but there's a reason for it because it's just sort of part of the story. It's like you're all kind of stuck there, so. Yeah. You just kind of have to fight your way out. If the campaign was built around the idea that you are this, everybody is this particular class. Yeah. Then, uh, I, you know, I, I'm sure the fighter could be good, but, uh, I think in a, just a generic campaign, it would, it would probably start to, to really show its, uh, its, its gaps pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I, I think this was a really fun question. I don't know if Joe S intended for us to, to really <laughs> get quite as into it as we did. Um, yeah. but I, I think that that's, that's a much better way way to use this as a discussion prompt instead of just being like bard. Next question. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, definitely, definitely bard. But it's really like, whatever sounds the most fun. If like, if everybody's into yeah. one class and be like, hey, what if we all did a one class and just did different specs and, you know, like there, yeah, there could be some interesting role playing involved with with any yeah. of those. Uh, I would one hundred percent be down to play in a campaign like that, regardless of class. I would love to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that this does make me think of is in the Final Fantasy games, um, in in several of them, not all of them, but in several of them, you can choose what classes your characters are. And so there are people who have set up challenge runs where they play through the game using entirely one class. Yeah. Uh, one, one game that really comes to mind is the um, is Final Fantasy Tactics, because it is so like you can customize your classes so so much and you can get unique abilities to each class and so on Mm -hmm. um i've read guides i've never done a single class challenge for for a game like that but i've read guides about them and the thing about doing that is that it's very difficult because the game is not intended for you to play with just one class it usually intends for you to swap in and out of different classes but when you play the game the entire game using just one class you really learn the ins and outs of that class. If there's a class that has, you know, an, some minor little ability off on the side that you never thought you would have used, 
suddenly there become there comes a time where you you have to use that ability right because you have you have no other abilities to pull from yeah there's like there's nothing else for you to do in some situations yeah so like you you really have to dig down to the bottom of the barrel and use everything at your disposal and that's what i really like about it. i love it as an experiment to say hey let's go through the you know let's let's do this campaign where everyone is a monk or something mm-hmm. and i i love that i love the idea of that so so listeners hopefully you will come out of this with that same same attitude go play in a campaign with just one class see what happens yeah <laughs> All right. I think that'll do it for our regular questions for today, but we do still have our social media questions. Our last social media question was, if you could give out awards to your group for various accomplishments in tabletop gaming, what sort of categories would there be? Uh, by any chance, did you have any off the top of your head? Uh, <laughs> I feel like I would have gotten the poor attendance award um, <laughs> Okay. in a few groups, <laughs> a few, few yeah. times that we played. <laughs> I was always I was always late. <laughs> Sure. And a sure. lot of uh, a lot of times, like when we played a long time ago. Yeah, I didn't really come up with with very many that weren't already said by some of the people in the comments. Um, yeah. The one that I put as as the photo for this is ready at the start of your turn. Oh, right. Because that's oh, so gosh. rare that it's a, <laughs> that it's an achievement. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we 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 got a lot of responses. Like several people just posted a whole whole bunch of them. Uh-huh. Um. To start us off, Adam B. says, Achievement unlocked. Didn't become distracted. Congratulations. You managed to concentrate on something for more than 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan P. says, An achievement for party sticking to the story exactly as written without the DM railroading. Rarest achievement ever. <laughs> right? Yep. Uh, over on Reddit, uh, Alistar the Minotaur says, The punniest. Make it an in-character joke or pun that causes the DM to face palm so hard that the game grinds to a halt momentarily. <laughs> yeah and then he adds i love putting puns and silliness in my games but when my players manage to do a, to do a pun so bad they break the dm it always makes me so happy the most recent example was my newest player's character introduction umtwala was a deposed nigerian king much like the scam emails of the 90s and i have to interject and the 2000s and the 2010s uh, and probably the 2020s, who believes he's enlisting the party in retaking his throne. None of this was discussed with me and came as a wonderful, silly surprise. <laughs> so he played as the Nigerian king, which is, <laughs> which is pretty good. Um, over on Twitter, uh, we just got one. Jason E says, smash, inflict damage equal to double an enemy's HP total in a single hit. That'd be, that's, that's a pretty good one. Dang. Sweet talker, circumvent an encounter without resorting to combat pyromaniac solve a problem with fireball when it is completely unnecessary (laughs) i feel like that's an easy one to get (laughs) yes it is yes it is untouchable win a boss encounter without taking a single hit Mm. i saw this meme recently that says there is no i in team however there are six eyes in f it i don't care how big the room is i cast fireball (laughs) thought that was funny and then over on Discord, we got a whole bunch. So uh, Dustin says, pun tax made a grown worthy pun. RP master stayed in character the whole game. Help action helped a new player. Lost your marbles. Forgot your dice again. <laughs> uh, e Thompson 03, and I'm going to censor a word in here. The golden, the golden jerk for the player that's always throwing the unexpected wrench in my plans. An award for the person who sticks to their role without deviating, looking at most of you paladins out there. 
an award for the person who had 30 minutes to think but still didn't know what they wanted to do on their turn. Yep, that's uh, that's accurate. Uh, Stiltskin Koopa 84 says, Court Jester, an achievement for the person who most often makes the DM laugh legitimately. Best note taker, the one member of the party who remembers what they were doing and where they were going. Area of effect, to the player who can successfully cast splash damage spells without targeting any of the PCs. Matthew N. says, first kill for those bloodthirsty new players. No kill for the first successful negotiation which didn't end in killing anyone. Staying true to your flaw for any player who does something detrimental to themselves because they are role-playing their flaws. That one is called inspiration. The prep player, any player who takes time to study the rules or how their character's abilities work. And any achievements which encourage players to role-play more, particularly if it it includes helping new players. Hmm. Uh, Autumn Wind says, best in show to the player who does the best performance, most likely to a player who actually sings in character. Peacemaker, best nonviolent solution to encounter those most likely to end in violence. It's what my character would do to the player who acts <laughs> against the urge to metagame and acts their, as their character to, and acts as their character would rather than what is objectively the best move. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought that was going somewhere else, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, seduced. Uh, sorry. Debrasaur says, seduce the dragon, successfully RP'd yourself out of a boss encounter. The enemies of my allies are my friends, successfully recruited an enemy to your cause. Leap of faith, survived a fall over 100 feet. A a bed and bath in the beyond, made camp or a new base in another plane. That's a good one right there. (laughs) Who needs a map anyway? Completed a tactical fight with minis without a map or grid. That's interesting. Um... Uh, killed God, defeated a supreme being which has no stat block, somehow. <laughs> Season pass, finish a campaign that has lasted longer than a year, both in and out of game. Alt-itis, change characters three or more times in a single campaign. Oh, oh, I can do that one. <laughs> I am the party, multi-class three or more times with the same character. I can do That's that. a good one. <laughs> Master of Rules, as a DM, complete a session without ever having to reference source material. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty good. Uh, Stiltskin Koopa 84 chimed back in with crit thyself to the character who kills themselves with their own weapon by rolling natural ones the most. Oh, no. Uh, Dr. Taco 86 says the booger eater awarded to the player most likely to not take notes. They often forget the town name, party objective, or action economy. Joe S. says, not exactly an achievement, but I always run a kill counter in my games. Usually don't let people know the score until several sessions in. Then people try crazy stuff to get the final shots on bosses. Beginning of the fight, all cantrips and normal attacks. Once I say bloodied, disintegration, power word kill, super smite from the paladin, etc. Just a couple more, I think. Dustin says, again, Goodberry brought the snacks. Toothy Maw ate the snacks without pitching in. Floofy Shoob says, Amber, making it through the entire gaming session without rolling any dice. <laughs> uh, oh, and that's the last one. So, yeah, I think uh, I think there were some really good ones in there. Good job, everybody. That's kind of exactly what I was what I was hoping for. Right. Yeah. So that was our last social media question. Our next social media question is, if you had to make an entire adventuring party out of one class, what class would you choose? <laughs> so going with the question earlier, uh, listeners, which one would you pick? You know, if, if you had to pick. Which uh, j- let's just say one, just pick one. So right. Jeff, if you had to pick just one, which one would you pick? Ah, uh, ooh, uh, mm, uh, I, I, I think I want to start a, I think I want to start a band. 
Okay, with the with the bards. Yeah. Okay. Um, I you know bards is is of course like I said earlier is is the easy answer, but I really want to do the warlock one. Sure. I think yeah. uh, that sounded like so much fun. So I, I would really like patrons, to see that. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, listeners, I'm, uh, hopefully you, you've listened to what we said earlier and gotten some ideas for how you could do this. So I'm, I'm curious to see what, uh, what people have to say. So that'll do it for our questions for today. Before we close out though, um, let's, let's wind down. Let's, let's relax. Let's take a deep breath. <sighs> Let's remember those who have come before us, who have given their lives so that we may have a better world to live in as we toss another log onto the funeral pyre. Today's funeral pyre was submitted by Peastroy Pancakes on Discord. This is a, a sequel to when uh, when Peastroy Pancakes submitted Sir Perrin's heroic death a while ago. But uh, t- uh, this one is for Sir Harris... Sir Barley and the Squire Star. They made their way into a magical forest to investigate and, if possible, exterminate some evil fey goblins that raided the countryside. Mm. When they finally discovered the goblins' camp, the goblins just dragged a captured peasant toward the fire to eat it. Sir Harris and Sir Barley rushed in. Star followed reluctantly. The king of the fey goblins grew larger than a tree and squashed Sir Harris. Sir Barley and Star soon followed. This TBK ended the Salisbury Lads era. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, um, I guess uh, let's raise a glass in memory of Sir Harris, Sir Barley, and Squire Star, as uh, as we we toast to the Salisbury Lads who got crushed into steak. <laughs> Clink. Clink. All right, that'll do it for today. To submit questions for us to discuss, items for the Dragon's Horde, or stories for the Funeral Pyre, please email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. For show notes, links to media mentioned on the show, and running lists of questions and magic items, go to interpartyconflict.com. You can join the discussion on social media. We are on Facebook, we are on Reddit, we're on Interparty Discord, we're on Twitter, at InPartyConflict. Check those out for our weekly social media questions. Your answers might end up on the show. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you download podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, or just tell a friend. If you'd like to support the show, check out the rewards at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. We have a few different tiers, so anything you can spare, even a dollar a month, will go towards making the show better, and you'll get bonus content for it. And Jeff, tell me about FriendQuest. Uh, FriendQuest is a YouTube channel where you can watch us play video games, or you can come hang out with me on uh, twitch.tv slash tiltedtortle and uh, watch me play games live. There you go. And you can also head over to bit.ly slash interpartyconflict to take a short survey about our show, what you like, what you don't like, etc. And just for taking it, you'll get two free printable board games, courtesy of Mary and Tom over at hollandspiel.com. And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. So, Jeff, until next time, what if it was a party of five DMs? <laughs> <laughs>